Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me. Good morning. It is Friday, November 3rd. Good morning. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sunshine today, high 59. And then the weekend, it looks pretty good. So Saturday be mostly cloudy. No rain in the forecast, though. High 63. And then Sunday, sun and clouds, high 64. So I think this is the first weekend in like, well, it feels like forever. Well, it's not supposed to rain. If you're walking out the door with us right now, 39 in clear in Hempstead out on Long Island, 35 in clear in Creskill down in New Jersey. And it is 41 and clear here in Midtown. Working our way up 6 o'clock hour, Sid and friends in the morning. Going to try to fit it all in in this hour. It's been a busy news week, busy news day. Um, the Beatles came out. What did you think of that Beatles song that came out, right? This was the song they used AI. Uh, it was an old song that the Beatles had put together that Yoko had handed over to Paul McCartney after John Lennon had died. And then they used AI to put all the voices and all the musicians together. And they came out, which I guess was the last Beatles song ever. One, two. called Now and Then, written and sung by John Lennon decades ago. It's true. It's all because of you. So you can download it everywhere. Cousin Bruce is going to do a whole lot about this Beatles song and the Beatles this weekend. So you're definitely going to want to listen to his show over the weekend. Um, so AI technology finally allowed every Beatle to contribute to the finished song. It includes guitar parts recorded by George Harrison before his death, Ringo Starr's drumming, and of course, uh, Paul McCartney's bass and piano. And then you heard John Lennon there. So... Uh, I, I have to be honest, I didn't love the song, but it's, you know, it's great to hear a Beatles song that we have not heard before. Lots of other big stuff, of course, happening. You had these FBI agents executing a search warrant at the Crown Heights Brooklyn home of Brianna Suggs, who's a campaign consultant, top fundraiser linked to Mayor Adams and what was a wild day for the mayor yesterday. Agents descending on Suggs' home, this was yesterday morning, searching for evidence pertaining to campaign donations made by KSK Construction Group. It's a construction company based in Williamsburg. Federal law enforcement looking into whether the construction company and Turkish nationals made improper donations to the mayor's 2021 campaign. So KSK donated $14,000 to the mayor's 2021 campaign. The mayor yesterday... We had told you early on, even in this hour, that he was on his way to D.C. 
to meet at the White House to talk about the migrant mess back here and look from help for the White House to expediting working papers and money to pay for it all. And he landed there, apparently. And then when he heard about this, got back on a plane and came back here. Uh, it was what, again, was a bizarre day. Here was the mayor yesterday after he arrived back here in New York. Uh, involving, uh, you probably heard the reports, uh, involving uh, one of my campaign staffers. I have not been contacted by anyone from any uh, uh, law enforcement agency. Yeah, so two different statements at two different events yesterday as the reporters surrounded him. Law enforcement has been investigating KSK. Suggs was apparently at home at the time of the search warrant, was not arrested, though. She'll likely be called to testify in front of a grand jury, which came as a surprise to her neighbors. The mayor, of course, says he's been surprised by this as well. There may have been a straw donor. And here's uh, some political analysts, of course, everybody trying to weigh in on what exactly is going on here. There may have been a straw donor arrangement where somebody is paying money, but... Uh, it looks as if somebody else is actually making the campaign contribution. Right. This is one of these things where someone will write the check to, let's say, a co-worker or to co-workers, and then they'll tell them they have to donate that money to the candidate of their choice. It's a way around getting the money to these candidates. So the law enforcement action led by the mayor uh, made him just, you know, this abrupt turnaround from Washington, D.C., and then come back to uh, New York. I guess some of his staff stayed in Washington for this sit-down at the White House. When you have something that took place uh, like that uh, in inquiry with a campaign member, uh, I think it was it was important for me to come back. Yeah, and so again, uh, these political analysts watching from all different sides trying to figure out what is going on here with this top fundraiser. What we do know is that this is serious enough, as the mayor perceives it, to break off conversations in Washington about what may be and what he has called the most salient crisis facing the city right now. Brianna Suggs started as an intern in Brooklyn Borough Hall. That was back in 2017. She coordinated the mayor's political fundraising activities from his 2021 campaign. When asked about Suggs, Adams called her a real professional. A real professional. Uh, she does her job well, and she's going to comply with any inquiry that's, that's made. Yes, yeah, so this... Uh, Straw donor arrangement is a little complicated to follow, but uh, none of it, of course, good news for the mayor. I mean, nothing's happened to him. They have not implicated him. They have not arrested the mayor. None of that. Of course, that would be a really huge story. But what's interesting is a sideline to this all is, um, you know, they're they're saying that Turkish nationals are involved in this uh, illegal donation. That's as much as we know. And you might remember last week. Uh, the mayor raised the Turkish flag in a ceremony here in Midtown with people from the Turkish community. And we had reached out to the mayor, the WABC News Department, asking him why he was raising the Turkish flag the day after the Turkish president praised Hamas for their attack on Israel. And the first response we got back from the mayor's spokesperson, Fabian Levy, was that the mayor has spoken extensively and repeatedly about his support for Israel. And then they attached all these videos. And then about 7.30, this was last Friday? Yeah, last Friday. And then about 7.30 at night, he sent me another statement, which seemed kind of weird to me. So maybe they had a, a hint of what was going on here. Uh, or were these the same Turkish people who were handing over checks that were illegal? Um, and uh, 
Curtis was all over this as well. Uh, here's a little bit what Curtis had to say. This was a week ago. News this morning was very disconcerting. Uh, you may have remembered uh, Wrong Way Lou Rafino that at the time that I Miss in the Morning was on NBC radio and then Stern was on in the afternoon and they were like at each other's throats like two scorpions in a brandy glass. In between was Soupy Sales. Remember Soupy Sales? Remember his famous song? They whisper it all over Turkey. It sounds so romantic and turkey. You remember that song? I know many of you old timers out there do. Uh, well, at this moment, in the middle of this crisis, Brought on by Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, who each day has a different, brand-new, customized suit, all silk, no cotton, $5,000, not off the rack. He is raising the flag of Turkey down at Bowling Green, the country of Turkey. And um, I don't know, maybe they're giving out fafalafaga. Is that... Is that uh, Rich Radabali on loan uh, from the PM production. Yeah, so he goes on. We'll play a little bit more of this later. But uh, we were talking about this a week ago that we thought it was odd that he was doing this Turkish flag raising just uh, less than a day after the president of Turkey had praised Hamas for its attack on Israel. And then I got this weird statement at 730 at night last Friday. Anyway. Uh, we don't know where the story is going. Of course, we'll follow it. Keep it here. 77 WABC. WABC News Time 511. More than a dozen people injured when a gas line struck yesterday in Wappinger's Falls caused an explosion that just destroyed an entire home. A central Hudson contractors were performing some sort of routine maintenance, replacing gas lines when they hit this a uh, gas service line during their dig, and it caused this explosion. This two-story house came tumbling down, four apartments inside. All of a sudden, the house shook. I thought, like, I thought maybe something hit the house or the kids. I'm running through the house. I didn't know what it was. Ten people in four apartments in the two-story building were hurt. Five first responders were injured as well. Here's somebody who survived it all. We saw the fire. It started right away. And then we run, we came before the firefights. And then we saw we put one old lady, it was a big one. And then we went over with the firefights, with the hose over there, with the water, it was burning everything. Those hurt include eight adults, two children, while the first responders include one firefighter, four police officers. The injuries to the first responders, not to be uh, believed to be life-threatening, though three civilians who were hurt when this building collapsed were airlifted to Westchester Medical Center. Here were firefighters who raced to the scene who say it was pretty chaotic when they got there. Initially, uh, we had a total of 10 victims, eight adults, and two children. Uh, we have a total of five first responders that were injured in this incident, one firefighter and four police officers. They were all at area hospitals at this time. Yeah, could not get condition, the condition of those people who were airlifted to Westchester Medical Center. The building dates back to like the 30s and 40s. It was a multifamily brick structure. 
And uh, if you see pictures of it, it is wild. I mean, there's really nothing left of it this morning. Uh, and it'll be a, a miracle that nobody was killed in this. Let's hope those people who were taken to Westchester Medical survive at all. 513, a jury has found FTX founder Sam Bankman-Fried, this was last night, guilty on all charges in his federal fraud and conspiracy trial here in Manhattan. The jury deliberated for a little over four hours before reaching the verdict. Bankman-Fried, who's 31, sat motionless at the defense table uh, and then was told to stand and face the jury for the reading. He didn't show any emotion when he was charged with seven counts of fraud, conspiracy and money laundering in what federal prosecutors have described as one of the biggest financial frauds in American history. There is this tremendous fear of missing out, of losing an opportunity to invest in the next hot company. And that fear is really strong in a space, you know, like crypto was, you know, a few years ago. And that leads to a lot of pressure, pressure to move fast, close fast. Yeah, people really uh, dumping money into this firm FTX. He's accused of using customer deposits on the crypto trading platform to cover losses at his hedge fund. He pay off loans, buy lavish real estate, uh, pled not guilty to all counts. But with the conviction on all charges, he could face a sentence of up to 110 years in prison. His sentencing scheduled for March 28th. Prosecutors came out after the guilty verdict last night. And here's what they had to say. The cryptocurrency industry might be new. The players like Sam Bankman Freed might be new. But this kind of fraud, this kind of corruption is as old as time. And we have no patience for it. And we did hear from Bankman Fried, not last night, but uh, he actually sat down for an interview with George Stephanopoulos over at ABC to deny that he had done anything wrong. A lot of people look at you and see Bernie Madoff. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that's who I am at, at all, but... I understand why they're saying that. Yeah, but the jury uh, obviously saw him as the next Bernie Madoff. So 110 years behind bars, that's a real possibility when he is sentenced. 515, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. Good morning. Happy Friday, Justin Ellis. Good morning. Happy Friday to you, Noam Allade. In week nine in the NFL, got underway last night with the Tennessee Titans falling to the Steelers in Pittsburgh by a score of 20-16 to 16 on Thursday Night Football. Pittsburgh improves to 5-3 and three on the year, while Tennessee falls to 3-5 and five overall. Locally, on Sunday at 4.25 p.m., the 2-6 and six Giants are on the road as 1.5-point underdogs in Vegas against the Raiders. As for the 4-3 and three Jets, they'll welcome in the L.A. Chargers for some Monday night football action, currently as 3.5-point home underdogs. In college, at noon, you've got number one Ohio State, they're 18-and-a-half-point favorites at Rutgers. So that's a big challenge for local Rutgers here. 3.30 uh, tomorrow afternoon is number 12, Missouri at number 2, Georgia. Georgia there, 15-and-a-half-point favorites. 7.30 uh, p.m. tomorrow night, you've got two uh, big games to look out for here. Number 5, Washington, three-point favorites in uh, USC. USC 20th in the country. And Purdue is at uh, number 3, Michigan. Michigan, 32 and a half point favorites there on the ice last night we saw a clean sweep locally as all three teams came out victorious at the garden chris Kreider did his thing and got the scoring underway with an early power play goal that would help the rangers squeak out the two to one win over the carolina hurricanes here's what that goal sounded like courtesy of msg thing to also worry about carolina on their penalty kill as they scored four shorthanded goals and-
In Washington, Orion Pulak played an almost identical role for the Islanders in their 3 0 road win over the Capitals. Pulak buried the game's opening goal just 22 seconds into the contest. The Isles wouldn't look back from there. MSGSN was on the call. Brendan Burke, Thomas Hickey with you for this one. Happy to have you along. The shot tipped from the point, goes wide. Palmieri taken down. Puck still there. Nelson helps it out. Ryan Pulak a shot. He scores! An opening shift goal, 22 seconds in for Ryan Pollock. And finally in Minnesota, Jesper Bratt helped the Devils hang on by a score of 5-3 to three over the Wild. He had a goal and three assists, and he was a big reason the Devs built up a three-goal lead that they would need every bit of. Uh, Meyer, Holtz, McLeod, and Hamilton also scored for New Jersey as the Devs buried three of their five goals on the power play. They'll be right back at it tonight for an 8 p.m. A puck drop in St. Louis against the Blues. As for the Rangers and Islanders, They'll be back on the ice tomorrow after an off day. Today on the hardwood, no local action last night, but both squads are back on the floor tonight. Now the uh, Knicks will be in Milwaukee tipping off with the Spurs at 7.30. All the Nets are set to face the Bulls in Chicago half an hour later at 8 p.m. That's sports, and I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. WABC News Time 520. Let's go overseas. More Americans evacuating war-torn Gaza today. Embassy Cairo has deployed a consular team to the Rafah crossing to support all these folks. Make sure they get back to the embassy, and then we work uh, with them on uh, onward movement as appropriate. National Security Spokesman John Kirby there telling reporters uh, hundreds of Americans exiting the Gaza Strip into Egypt. He says more will be able to get out in the coming days. We still fully expect that more Americans will be able to depart, hopefully more today, but certainly we're looking for them to depart uh, at a similar pace. Yeah, so apparently they've agreed to let about 500 people cross daily, but we don't really know what the numbers are just yet today. I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to see the family that I left behind or the friends that I left behind. Yeah, that's one American who got out yesterday. The war just got escalated so fast. A lot of people are dying. A lot of people are under the rubbles of buildings. Yeah, your ticket out of there was a foreign passport, and you can hear from her. She sounds like she's an American who was in Gaza during the bombardment from Israel Secretary of State Antony Blinken in Israel as the country's ongoing war with Hamas rages on. I am convinced that American diplomacy can make a difference in moving everyone to a better place. That's what we're working to do. Blinken telling uh, that he'll discuss with the Israeli concrete steps to minimize civilian deaths in Gaza. He says uh, more aid is flowing into Gaza for the civilians uh, who don't have food and water. We've had about 50 to 60 trucks a day of assistance going in. We need that and want that to increase, and I expect you'll see that uh, in the coming days. And the Secretary of State says the U.S. focus still on the release of those more than 250 hostages held by Hamas. Uh, somewhere in the number of 10 or 11 of them are Americans. Taking every possible step that we can in concert with others to secure their release. And the Israeli Air Force, together with the Israeli Defense Forces and tanks, artillery, launching strikes in the north in Hezbollah, southern Lebanon, today in retaliation for what is a broadening of Hezbollah attacks. This is what Israel was worried about, fighting a war in the south. Now, potentially, they could be fighting a war in the north. Meanwhile, on the Gaza war front, the IDF says it killed 130 terrorists, destroyed large numbers of weapons that were found during ground operations in the Gaza over the last 24 hours. The uh, said, uh, they'll see, this is a quote, the soldiers are eliminating terrorists in face-to-face battles in every place where there are battles, even when difficult, they say, the Israelis, they say they are in control today. And down in Washington, they're trying to help the Israeli effort 
effort, the House passing a bill to give over $14 billion in aid to Israel in its war against Hamas. On this vote, the yeas are 226, the nays are 196. The bill is passed. The bill will now head to the Senate in an early test for new Speaker Mike Johnson. Meanwhile, China in the U.S. will reportedly discuss nuclear arms control next week. In Hong Kong, correspondent Andrew Wood says the talks are being done for the first time since President Obama was in the White House. It's not a commitment to formal negotiations to limit the number of nuclear weapons, but it's a start. China's been reluctant to discuss limits to its nuclear arsenal. As it says, it has relatively few bombs and warheads, around 500. That's compared to Russia and the United States, which have around 6,000 nuclear weapons each. But the Pentagon reckons Beijing is in the process of doubling the size of its nuclear arsenal in conjunction with a big expansion in its conventional forces. Andrew Wood, Hong Kong. 524, let's bring it back home. Two of Donald Trump's sons done testifying in the former president's civil fraud trial here, Lower Manhattan. Trump Jr. pointed to the company's accounting department and others for inaccurate documents the Trump organization sent to banks. You pay experts millions of dollars to be experts. You sign off on what they give you. Donald Trump Jr., Eric Trump, both took the stand, were questioned about their involvement with financial documents into the family business. Afterward, Donald Trump Jr. told reporters it's political persecution because banks in question made hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, The banks in question made hundreds of millions of dollars. I mean, think about this, right? They are not claiming that they are victims. They are not saying that they were misled. The state attorney general accusing the Trump organization of inflating Trump's net worth so the company could obtain more favorable loans. The Trumps say that's nonsense. But unfortunately, the attorney general has brought forth a case that is purely a political persecution. Let's go down to Washington, where Republicans may soon make a decision on whether to impeach President Biden. Very soon we are coming to a point of decision on it. House Speaker Mike Johnson stressing, however, investigations focused on whether Biden illegally benefited from his family's foreign business dealings are ongoing. Republicans have accused the president of carrying out an alleged influence peddling scheme. They've been taken in the evidence as it goes. So we're going to follow the evidence where it leads and we'll see. Yes, and more recently, the House Oversight Committee chair, James Comer, accused Biden of receiving $40,000 in laundered funds from a Chinese energy company. The Bidens have denied any wrongdoing. The White House praising the Republicans who are speaking out against Senator Tommy Tuberville's block on military promotions. This has been going on for a while. Nearly all of them warned of the risk we face of service members leaving military service if its blockade continues. Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre there calling the hold shameful. A group of Republican senators tried to confirm more than 60 military officers' promotions Wednesday night in a direct challenge to Tuberville's hold, but the Alabama senator blocked each one of them. Mitch McConnell said those holds are a bad idea. Republican Senator Joni Ernst said that Tuberville was using nominees as political pawns. These vacancies are causing serious damage to our military readiness and our national security, and they are causing stress and disruption to our military families. 
Tuberville has blocked hundreds of promotions for months in protest of the Pentagon's abortion policy. Uh, let's take a look at the numbers on Wall Street on this Friday. The markets, they closed higher yesterday. This came a day after the Fed once again left its interest rate hiking campaign on pause. It was the second time the Federal Reserve did not raise rates, although Fed Chairman Jerome Powell said another hike to combat inflation in December is likely. So at the closing bell yesterday, though, the Dow, it gained 564 points. S&P 500 rose by 79. NASDAQ gained 232 points. Talk Radio 77. WABC. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me, 531. Good morning. It is Friday, November 3rd. Thank God. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Just a beautiful day. Sunshine, high 59. The weekend looks pretty good, too. Saturday, mostly cloudy. No rain in the forecast, though. High 63. And then Sunday, sun and clouds, high 64. Might be the first rain-free weekend we've had in, like, feels like forever. If you're walking out the door with us right now, so happy you are. 39 and clear in Hempstead out on Long Island. 35 and clear in Creskel down in New Jersey. And it is 40 and clear here in Midtown. We'll start this half hour right here in the city. A city council member facing charges for allegedly bringing a gun to a protest in Brooklyn. She was arraigned yesterday. It was Ina Vernikoff, the 39-year-old, charged with criminal possession of a firearm, which is a felony, after she showed up to this pro-Palestinian protest with a gun visible on her hip. Now, she's very pro-Israel, and she shows up to this pro-Palestinian rally with a gun on her hip. She was part of this counter-protest. It was students for justice in Palestine who were holding the pro-Palestinian protests. Vernikoff is Jewish, has been a vocal supporter of Israel amid the war overseas. Uh, people who were at this protest said they saw her with the gun and uh, they warned each other about it. You are coming in front of a school campus as a public official showing a gun. That is a force of threat. So her court appearance yesterday met with about two dozen pro-Palestinian protesters. They demanded she resign or face expulsion. Her lawyer uh, questioning the use of pictures of his client carrying a weapon as evidence, suggesting they may have been altered. Okay, well, there's a lot of people who saw this. The DA's office has some time to correct that and put a human being's name in there. Um, in today's world of artificial intelligence, you could put anything on social media. I could have hair all of a sudden. Yeah, I'm not sure that argument is going to fly. That's Arthur Idala. Ver- Vernikov's attorney says uh, prosecutors will have to produce a witness, and actually there was one there yesterday who says he was there. Hundreds of students in the crowd were shouting, gun, gun, she has a gun. After she found out that we found out that she was exposing her gun to students, she continued to harass us. She continued to call us terrorists. Yeah, she could be in a lot of trouble here. The district attorney's office says that witnesses will testify at a grand jury, Vernikov's next court date is set for January 24th. Now, she does, I should point out, have a concealed carry license, but she broke the state law that was passed earlier this year, making it illegal to possess a gun at a protest. 
Out to um, Suffolk County, this was a surprise announcement. Suffolk County Police Commissioner Rodney Harrison, who we've had on ABC a bunch of times, stepping down. We don't know why. He turned in his resignation in a letter. Uh, uh, this is uh, effective, uh, I think, today. The 54-year-old was sworn in January 2022. Soon after, of course, he created the special joint task force dedicated to the Gilgo Beach murders. And then, of course, in July this year, they arrested Rex Hewerman. Uh It's unclear when Harrison's last day w- will be, though some of us are telling us today, but that can't be right, or why he's leaving. We don't know the details, but maybe that'll come out as the day wears on. While we're out on Long Island, a firefighter in Freeport trapped inside the basement of a burning building. He goes down there to make sure everybody's out, and then he realizes that he's trapped in the basement while this house is on fire. This is amazing. He takes out an axe. Um, the doorway that he had come in through, that uh, a whole bunch of filing cabinets had fallen over, and he realized he wasn't going to be able to get back outside the door. So here he is trapped in a house. It's on fire. The door is, uh, you know, essentially not a way to get out. So he takes out an axe, and he breaks through a wall to free himself. <laughs> this is pretty amazing. Well, he was running through the basement trying to locate the actual fire himself, as he was going through the basement, some filing cabinets fell behind him, which blocked the doorway that he was in. He was unable to exit from the same way he came in. He ended up having to opening up a wall and exit through the wall to get out of the basement. And he got out. He escaped. And apparently he's okay. I mean, they wanted to take him to the hospital, but he declined to do so. No word what started this fire or what's not such good news. is a total of nine families, about 36 people who lived in this building uh, are looking for a new place to live this morning. A Westchester County man says the house he was building in Greenberg was set on fire on Halloween. Sammy Jamal, he brought this up property about two years ago and been building this house ever since. This was like a dream house he was building for his kids and his wife. And uh, he had cameras outside the home, surveillance cameras outside the home. And so uh, now we can see how a guy... Uh, smashes through a window to get into this house, which they were just about to move into. It was a month away from being moved into. This guy breaks through a window with what looks to be like a canister of gas, pours some gas, sets the house on fire, and then runs out. And Sammy says he doesn't recognize this guy. He was wearing a white jumpsuit with a big mask. And then he have in his right-hand side uh, a can of gasoline. On the left hand, they have an axe. And he caught fire, and then he left his mask so he can breathe, you know. He did a lot of damage. I mean, the house isn't burned down, but they were a month from moving in. And he says now there's tens of thousands, maybe $100,000 worth of damage. Again, he doesn't recognize the guy who's in an all-white suit. And, I mean, you can watch him. He's banging on the window, and then he finally gets in, and then he sets the whole thing on fire. We don't know the damage yet, but there's an excess of $100,000 at least. Uh, who came over here came very intentionally to do this. You know, it's not like a burglary. It's not like a fire that happened from construction. It is something that's targeting you. Yeah, so we asked Sammy Jamal if he has any enemies. He said he doesn't think so. So now they're trying to figure out who this guy is. There are police reports passing around the video so far. They haven't been able to find him. WABC News Time 539. I've never understood why people don't hang around after they hit someone with their car. Now, you might say, well, they might be drunk or something going on. But a lot of times that's not the issue. 
they hit somebody and then they drive away. And it's always, of course, much worse if you drive away. If you stay at the same, sometimes an accident's just an accident. So this woman in Brooklyn is dead. She was hit not just by one car, but by two cars. This was about 6.30 last night, uh, New York Avenue, 79-year-old woman. Uh, she's trying to cross the street. One car hits her, then a second car hits her. Neither of those drivers hang around. There were a fair amount of eyewitnesses who say this is a neighborhood where people speed pretty often. It's just terrifying because it could be me and you. The drivers, they don't care much. They don't follow the rules. And if you don't follow it, what happens? It causes incident, accidents, and this is clearly what happened. It leads to a death of elderly women. Yeah, and uh, they'll find these guys, and of course the charges will be much worse. Uh, one of them was a gray Nissan they're looking for that was last seen turning onto Marcy Avenues. There's cameras everywhere, so they'll figure out who this person is. The second vehicle was a white Toyota Sienna. Again, neither hanging around to see if this elderly woman was okay, and she wasn't. She died a short time after she was hit. Certain New York City restaurants are going to be required to post added sugar levels on their menus. City Council passing a bill yesterday that mandates chain restaurants with 15 or more locations in the city display the added sugar levels and warning statements next to the menu item. Kind of like what they do with the calorie count. So this will go into effect mid-June of next year. The council speaker, Adrian Adams, says this will help New Yorkers make informed decisions that prioritize their health. I imagine if you're going into these locations and there's added sugar on the menu and it's something you like, it's you know, it's probably not going to affect your decision. But do I will say with the calorie count, for a long time people said, yeah, that made a difference. When they saw how many calories they were ingesting, sometimes they decided to go elsewhere and eat something a little bit healthier. Out to uh, New Jersey. Pornographic pictures of Union County High School female students created by AI, artificial intelligence, have kids and parents in an uproar? Police investigating now. Westfield High, this is where it took place. A sophomore there. She spoke to News 12. She is one of the teenagers who was uh, used uh, in this AI artificial intelligence pictures and passed around apparently by the boys in the schools. She tells News 12 she thinks there's probably 30 other students whose faces were used to create pornographic images that were circulated among a group of boys from their school. And you can imagine she's outraged, upset, wondering if those pictures were posted online. So many boys were whispering about something, but none of the girls knew. So one of the boys by accidentally told one of the girls and that's when the next day, that's when it all like spread out. I just started crying because I didn't know what to do. I didn't think this could happen to me. Like I didn't think it'd be one of my classmates. I thought like there's it would just be creeps online, but it was one of my classmates. Yeah, it is amazing. And of course, when these pictures get out there, people don't know that it's not real. It looks real because AI picture, you know, real face, real body. And um, the fact that there could be 30 more female students. And what uh, this uh, teenager's upset about also is that the guy who's behind this all, the other classmate, is still going to be at the school. He was given a suspension, but he has not been expelled. And um, she wants him expelled. Like, girls realize how, like, important it is to, like, speak up after, like, what has happened. And I, and I hope that he 
does like get transferred because I know so many girls and me are just so uncomfortable with him being there. But as of at least last night, Westfield had no intention of moving him to a different school district. 544 out to uh, Brooklyn, the Legal Aid Society, trying to stop Floyd Bennett Field in Brooklyn from becoming that major tent city because of safety concerns. Councilwoman Joanne Ariola agrees with Legal Aid Society that this tent city is not suitable for migrant families. When choosing places for migrants to live, we cannot just take any place because we have no other place, especially when it's an unsafe environment. Legal Aid says the bathroom setup unsafe. They say there are exit issues, a lack of sanitary facilities for children, many hazards on the outside of the tents. Members of the Adams administration admit that it is not an ideal location and are working with fire officials to address fire-related safety concerns. Of course, it was uh, the FDNY that closed down seven other shelters out of fire safety concerns. Migrants expected to start arriving at Floyd Bennett tent set up this week as the city keeps scrambling to find shelter space. Did Justin go missing? Oh, here he is. All right. 545. Let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk where we find Justin Ellick. Well, thank you, Noam Olin. I've been sitting here ready to go. <laughs> so, you know. I looked over. I was like, oh, no, he's not there. <laughs> I'm always ready to go, Noam Olin. Week 9 in the NFL got underway last night with the Tennessee Titans. Falling to the Steelers in Pittsburgh by a score of 20-16 to 16 on Thursday night football. Pittsburgh improves to 5-3 and three on the year, while Tennessee falls to 3-5 and five overall locally on Sunday at 4.25 p.m. You get the 2-6 and six Giants there on the road as one-and-a-half-point underdogs in Vegas against the Raiders. As for the 4-3 and three Jets, they'll welcome in the L.A. Chargers for some Monday night football action. Currently is three-and-a-half-point home underdogs in college starting at noon tomorrow. You've got number one, Ohio State, there in action at Rutgers. Big test for Rutgers and Ohio State, 18.5-point favorites there. 3.30 p.m. tomorrow afternoon, it'll be 12, Missouri, at number two, Georgia. Georgia, uh, 15.5-point home favorites there. 7.30 p.m. tomorrow night, number five, Washington, three-point favorites at number 20, USC. And finally here, Purdue, tomorrow night at 7.30 as well. We'll visit uh, number three, Michigan. Michigan there, 32.5-point favorites. On the ice, we saw a clean sweep locally as all three teams came out victorious last night. At the Garden, Chris Crowder did his thing, got the scoring underway with an early power play goal that would help the Rangers squeak out the 2-1 to victory over the Carolina Hurricanes. Here's what that goal sounded like, courtesy of MSG. Thing to also worry about Carolina on their penalty kill is they scored four shorthanded goals. Oh, In Washington, Ryan Pulak played in an almost identical role for the Islanders in their 3-0 road win over the Capitals. Pulak buried the game's opening goal just 22 seconds into the contest. The Owls wouldn't look back from there. MSGSN was on the call. Brendan Burke, Thomas Hickey with you for this one. Happy to have you along. Shot tipped from the point. Goes wide. Palmieri taken down. Puck still there. Nelson helps it out. Ryan Pulak a shot. He scores! An opening shift goal. 22 seconds in for Ryan Pulak. And finally, in Minnesota, Jesper Brad helped the Devils hang on by a score of 5-3 over the Wild. He had a goal and three assists and was a big reason the Devs built up a three-goal lead that they would need every bit of. Meyer, Holtz, McLeod, and Hamilton also scored. 
for New Jersey. The Devs buried three of their five goals on the power play. They'll be right back at it tonight for an 8 p.m. puck drop in St. Louis against the Blues. As for the Rangers and Islanders, they'll be back on the ice tomorrow after an off day today. On the hardwood, no local action last night, but both squads are back on the floor tonight. The Knicks will be in Milwaukee tipping off with the Spurs at 7.30, while the Nets are set to face the Bulls in Chicago at 8 p.m. That's Sports Gnome, and I'm Justin Alec on 77 WABC. All right, let's catch you up on the big stories of the morning. Uh, I will point out, <laughs> someone uh, uh, sent me a tweet. Or is it, you know, on, on X, right? And um, they said, Noam, you did a, I li- no, Noam, I listen to you every day. Love your show, but you did a terrible job of explaining the Mayor Adams story. And I said to myself, you know what? He's 100% correct. I was all over the place. So let me simplify it. An investigation is underway after the FBI raided the Brooklyn home of Mayor Adams' fundraising chiefs. That's the big part of the story. The um, FBI search warrant mentions the possibility of improper campaign finance donations from Turkey, which would be illegal. So the mayor was on his way to D.C. yesterday for meetings at the White House to talk about the migrant mess back home. And then he flew back home after he heard about this FBI raid. And you probably heard the reports uh, involving uh, one of my campaign staffers. I have not been contacted by anyone from any uh, uh, law enforcement agency. Yeah, so there are questions of any federal funds that the city gets were misused as a result of these contributions from Turkey. Mayor Adams, again, abruptly canceling those meetings at the White House, flew back to New York after hearing about the raid. Uh, Adams' spokesperson says the mayor takes these issues very seriously and plans to return to D.C. to reschedule those meetings about the migrant mess. All right, I think I did a much better job explaining it there. The other big stories of this morning, uh, more than a dozen people injured when a gas line was struck yesterday afternoon. This was up in Wappingers Falls, caused an explosion that just completely destroyed a house. I mean, there's nothing left of this, just bricks on the ground. Central Hudson contractors were performing just some routine maintenance, replacing a gas line when they hit the gas service line, and that caused a fire. And then an explosion at this home at Four Brick Road. This was about noon yesterday. All of a sudden, the house shook. I thought, like, I thought maybe something hit the house or the kids. I'm running through the house. I didn't know what it was. Yeah, the company cut electric and natural gas right away. But um, there were 10 people in four apartments inside this home. Uh, some of them were hurt rather seriously. We saw the fire. It started right away. And then we run. We came before the firefights. And then we saw we put one old lady, it was a big one, and then we went over with the firefights, with the hose over there, with the water, it was burning everything. So those hurt include um, eight adults, two kids. Uh, some first responders hurt as well include one firefighter, four police officers. The uh, three of the civilians were airlifted to Westchester Medical Center, including one child and two adults. Firefighters who showed up at the scene after the explosion say it was incredibly chaotic. Initially, uh, we had a total of 10 victims, eight adults and two children. Uh, we have a total of five first responders that were injured in this incident, one firefighter and four police officers. They were all at area hospitals at this time. All right, unfortunately, we could not get an update on those people at Westchester Medical Center. Of course, we're hoping for the best as any information comes in on them. We'll pass that on to you. A jury last night 
Finding FTX founder Sam Bankman-Fried guilty on all charges in his federal fraud and conspiracy trial here in Manhattan last night. The jury, it only deliberated for about four hours before reaching the verdict. The 31-year-old Bankman-Fried was asked to stand last night, face the jury for the reading uh, from the jury pool. He showed no emotion, charged and found guilty seven counts of fraud, conspiracy, money laundering in what federal prosecutors have described as one of the biggest financial frauds in American history. Lots of people watching this case, uh, people who, of course, invested uh, in cryptocurrency, uh, others uh, who say they just wanted to see how this all thing was going to play out. There is this tremendous fear of missing out, of losing an opportunity to invest in the next hot company. And that fear is really strong in a space you know, like crypto was you know, a few years ago. And that leads to a lot of pressure pressure to move fast, close fast. Yeah, that's why so many people raced to invest with Sam Bankman-Fried. They thought he was on to something. He's accused of using uh, customer deposits on the crypto trading platform FTX to cover losses at his hedge fund and then pay off loans and buy lavish real estate. Uh, he pled not guilty to all counts, but uh, now he's going to have to face the music. He's going to be scheduled in March of next year. Uh, prosecutors walking out after getting this conviction, this guilty um, yesterday. Here's what they had to the say. The cryptocurrency industry might be new. The players like Sam Bankman Freed might be new. But this kind of fraud, this kind of corruption is as old as time. And we have no patience for it. He did a f- uh, interview with George Stephanopoulos, Sam Bankman-Fried did. Um, and uh, at the time, this is what uh, George had to ask him. A lot of people look at you and see Bernie Madoff. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that's who I am at, at all, but I understand why they're saying that. Yeah, it sounds like he's actually much worse than Bernie Madoff, which is not easy to do. When he is sentenced uh, come March of next year, he could get 110 years behind bars. It still continues to just be an awful mess in the Middle East. Uh, more Americans, though, are being evacuated from war-torn Gaza today. Embassy Cairo has deployed a consular team to the Rafah crossing to support all these folks, make sure they get back to the embassy, and then we work uh, with them on uh, onward movement as appropriate. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby telling reporters hundreds of Americans exited the Gaza Strip in Egypt. Hundreds more could get out today. We still fully expect that more Americans Americans will be able to depart, hopefully more today, but certainly we're looking for them to depart uh, at a similar pace. And you can imagine how relieved these Americans are as the bombardment continued. They were trying to find any way to get out. I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to see the family that I left behind or the friends that I left behind. Yeah, that American passport was everything. You needed a foreign passport to get across that Rafah crossing from Gaza into Egypt. These were the lucky ones who had foreign passports. The war just got escalated so fast. A lot of people are dying. A lot of people are under the rubbles of buildings. Yeah, and Secretary of State Antony Blinken is in Israel. Uh, trying to ask for a pause in the war so humanitarian aid can get in. He also wants to see if there's any chance of getting the hostages back out, more than 250 of them, 10 of them believed to be Americans. Taking every possible step that we can in concert with others to secure their release. And the Israeli bombardment of Gaza continues. They say they killed dozens of terrorists overnight.